and welcome 2021 and our first of our Talking Real Estate with John Gibson podcast for 2021. Welcome back wherever you're joining us around Australia, around the world with an interest in real estate and a bit of fun along the way. John Gibson, how'd you spend the Christmas break and welcome. Welcome, Mark. Good to see you, mate. You're looking a picture. Um, I'm not feeling a picture, to tell you the truth, but I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. That's good. I'm happy. Okay. I'll tell you what, it's nice to have tools down for a few weeks yeah. over Christmas. Yeah. The beauty about my industry is that most people are off. So, you know, the phone doesn't ring. You can have a real relaxing time and then come out swinging this year. And I'm just hoping yeah. that 2021 is – we're not re- replicating 2020. Yeah. And as much as I – because I can, you pay the bills on the credit card, so – you like to take advantage of your frequent flyer points, and there's no vacancies in Byron Bay. There's no vacancies, and you can't fly overseas. You know what? We should be very grateful, shouldn't we, as Sydney siders or Australians? Uh, and you talk about Boat Harbour in the Shire, and I took Coogee and the coastal walks. Sometimes I just look at it and think, "Mate, we've got a pretty good. Mate, we have." It doesn't get much better anywhere in the world. Look, we've look. The pandemic, I think the government's handled it very well. Um, to shout, be able to- out, shout out to our Premier, Gladys. Gladys, you're a classy private lady. You, I can see that there's a balancing act there for you, but she's trying to let us get on with it. Well, I think so. She takes the hysteria out of it. I think people, she realises that, you know, people have got to earn a living yeah. and and they've done a good job managing it. And I think that there's a lot of with this pandemic, the virus, there's a lot of spot fires, and they're they're certainly their job is to put them out, and they seem to be on top of it. Yeah. Um, but I think we're, you know, we've got some headwinds uh, still in front of us. Um, so I think it's we're just going to navigate our way uh, out of this until we get the vaccine rolls out and. You know, we can. Does it worry? Can I? I'm hoping there's going to be blue skies by the end of the year. Does it worry you the vaccine that now they start talking about other strains and stuff like that? Does it worry you as a person, as a as a father? It doesn't worry me. Or business. Uh, Well, I think it's in the back of everyone's minds that they're hoping that we can get back to some normality. Yeah. Um, I think if you're running a business or holding a job, um, you know, I think it's just there lingering in the background that you hope that. you know, they're not going to be affected moving forward. So I think most people, I think Aussies, um, they're quite resilient mm-hmm. um, and I think that they'll put this behind them and I think we'll get on with it. And, you know, I think we're, we're by the end of the year, I think we can um, look back and be proud of what how we've handled the situation and how we've come out of it. Excluding certain premiers. You... you um you went to Queensland with Tyler and Jack. Yeah, we just went up there prior to Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, just snuck in. Yes. As soon as I got there, at the end of it, they then the borders got – the lockdown occurred. wasn't a problem getting out of Queensland, just a problem getting in. So I was all, it was all good. It was, it was all, all legit. It was all legit. Did you have fun up there? Your sister's at Burley, is she not? Yeah, Burley. Yeah, it's a great part of, a great part of the world. Yeah. Investors? Well, what I did was is oh, that it gave me an opportunity to actually do a road trip, yeah. which I often do, yeah. fly up there and, 
and go. And I did a road trip from the Gold Coast, got the lay of the land, what's happening with the market, all the way up to Brisbane, north of Brisbane, all the way up to um, up to Mooloolabar, all around those areas um, uh, north of Brisbane. So yeah, there's a lot happening up there. I think there's some big things happening up there in um, uh, in Brisbane and around um, the sort of you know middle outer ring of that area. Um, I think there's it's certainly a growth area, Queensland. It's it, look forecast has been saying for years it's yeah. going to go go go. Yeah, but I think there's I think there's a legitimate inf, you know data out now that yeah. you know, interstate migration and you know the government are doing a lot of infrastructure. I think there's, there's they're going to have a things are going to be on the move up there. Okay, and we hope so. This is Talking Real Estate with John Gibson, brought to you by locatenegotiate.com.au. I've been told that you are an Australian Day ambassador. Six years this year. Are you going out to the Golden West? I am heading out into Riverina country again. So um, we we have a family funeral at Young. They're at Young, not in Young, at Young, where I was born actually a long time ago. And... uh, Ken Moore, 92 years of age, celebrating his life. And I'm going to drive out to Griffith, where my first job in radio was, and my first job on that station, apart from playing favourites 2RG, Mark Warren on the drive, was with Father Beltrame and the the Italian Music Hour. Wow. And that fast-tracked my relationship with the Italians in the community, very much so. Yeah, no, I did a road trip out there some years, oh, about three years yeah. ago, uh, to see some yeah. clients out there in, wine, in, in wine region, Griffith, yes. Yenda. Yes, Yenda. Like, yeah, Yenda. And, um, called a Group 20 Grand Final there. I called it with, with, with his nickname's Empty, Alan Wallet. <laughs> they, around town, they call him Empty Wallet. He's a bit of a legend out there. I, I, it's a long story, but yeah, I called, a, I called a Grand Final, or attempted to call a Grand Final at Yenda. And uh, I'm actually going out into the Murrumbidgee Irrigation Area, two towns, Collieamberley and Darlington Point. I'm very privileged, honoured and grateful and looking forward to a road trip. All I need is another test match to listen to the cricket. Well, that's going to happen, but I'm sure you're going to have a great time, mate. Well, well done. Thank you. All right, let's get into it. Potential buyers, potential sellers out there in the market. It's time to get the market Guru and his predictions. You do a lot of homework, research, due diligence on property. Mm. So, what's installed, Gibbo, for twenty twenty one? Can you? Well, it's interesting. Me- well, it's interesting. Last year, when when the pandemic hit, mm. they were talking a lot of the r- research houses, mm. uh, whether it's banks or whatever, they were coming out. And basically saying that the property markets can, we're going into ground a ground zero situation here scenario um, of drops to ten to thirty percent in the property market. Mm. So what happened was is that early late two thousand didn't happen late two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, there was the market was recovering like market was trotting along quite well. Get into January, things are starting to happen. There's a lot of positivity in the market. COVID hits, bang. So a lot of people in a lot of industries throughout Australia and property industry is one of them where people were going, ooh, and they thought that, you know, whether you're a real estate agent or you're in my business or whatever, um, they were – there was not panic stations, but there was concern 
what was going to happen. But as it turned out, the market was – there was a little bit of adjustment there for a few months, but the market at the end of the year was amazingly resilient. And by the end of the year, the markets – there was gains in the market and it was quite remarkable how, you know, we had a situation of doom and gloom to we're, you know, we're in a situation of we've got positive gains uh, by the end of the year across the board. Absolutely is, amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And look, I think that that's going to um, come through to this year. Um, I think that there's in regards to the uh, economic recovery, that's all looking uh, quite good. Mm-hmm. I think un- when they get the unemployment down, I think that's going to – they're forecasting that'll come down. Mm-hmm. And if they get on top of this um, virus, uh, I think things are going to look pretty good. I think people, most Aussies want to just get on, you know, want to get on with it, and um, we'll knuckle down. And you know, I think we'll, I think we'll have a positive year. I almost religiously, whether it's on the app or in the car, listen to Money News, Brooke Cordy mm. on Two GB. Mm. Now, I'm, I heard you say something interesting there, where predictions that values. Um, could have massive drops up to 30%. Last night I heard Brooke quoting various reliable sources that now the swing could be in the Sydney area of gains oh, look, of up well, to 30% in 2021. Well, I think that there's definitely going to be gains, and that's my first point. I was going to give you my top 10. Well, I haven't but introduced I'll... that yet. All right. I well, will now. Right, right, right. Right, I just wanted to mention Brooke because I think she does an outstanding job on QGB, Money News. Yeah, I do. I do listen to it. No commercial relationship as yet. Watch this space. So what are your predictions? Are we doing a top 10 for this No, 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 I've canned it. We we only just started it. I know, but I've reduced it. We're doing a top eight. All right, we'll do a top eight. You okay with that? All right, um... Okay, let's let, let's get the predictions from Look, John Gibson. The first one's quite obvious. I think demand for you know demand for real estate um, is going to be remain high, and in potentially, I think we could see record highs. And record highs. Look, if you had that conversation um, in February, April last year, people would laugh at you, but now people are looking and going, well. You know, I think that that's that's uh, that's realistic. I don't want to steal your thunder because I know you're going to continue this, and you're probably going to say next. And it's on the back of a lot of things. You yeah, know? I mean, the banks, rate, the banks want. Oh, the, look, yeah, interest yeah. rates r- r- will remain low, um, uh, and I think they'll remain low for a n- for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, banks appear to be uh, wanting to do business. That's uh, number three. Okay, so can we just go number one? Demand for real estate. Number two, interest rates. Well, your third. My third is that um, banks will start. You know, bank, banks are keen for the business. Yeah. So if they're keen for the business. They, to me, that shows that they've they see blue skies ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, look, one of the things too is that this is my fourth point Thank is you. that bank deferrals yeah. have fallen considerably. There is, so there's probably little chance that, the, you know, you're going to have a market, you're going to have a flood of stock coming on the market. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So if you have a flood of stock coming on the market, that might affect prices going south. 
But if the if the stock levels remain low, it's going to push the prices north. Heading north. Point five. What do you got for us? There will be a big focus on getting major city CBDs back on track, uh, return to the office worker, probably more so in the second half of the year. Office and retail have been heavily hit um, during COVID-19, and um, but I, th- I believe the occupancy first quarter of last year and to the last quarter of last year was quite low in the city. Uh, then it picked up uh, in the last quarter. You know, it's probably up, I guess. I, don't, I haven't seen the, the up-to-date data, but it could be up as high as 60% now. Um, people are returning. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think people are starting to, you know, go back to their uh, office environments. And I, I believe that will, that will, as long as we can keep this pandemic under control, that will increase. You see that trend continuing. Oh, I hope you're right. I hope you're right because um, I'm sort of like protect the vulnerable well, it's and a, get it's, back to business. It's, just, it's a bit like it's a bit like when you hear the report from Gladys that we've had zero cases. Yeah, and and next thing they've they've opened up the borders, mm-hmm. and two days later, one case. Two days later, yeah. They've shut the borders and restrictions yeah. come in. So yeah. more things vi- could more change. via other premiers. It, this is based on this, it, we, we're getting a positive outcome and we're on top of things. In New South uh, Wales. Economically and with the pandemic. So yeah. I'm trying to be positive here. I am too. But the negative things, it could change quickly. Number six. Investment in commercial property uh, to continue despite rising vacancies. Mm-hmm. Values don't appear to be affected. There is plenty of money out there. Hmm. I mentioned the stock market during this time, during this time, this unprecedented time, um, that new investors to the share market, as you said, there's plenty of money around and people are... People want to park it and they don't want to park it in the bank. It's either property or share market. That's right. That's right. So that'll continue and uh, I think that... uh, and I'm seeing it firsthand, people speaking to me. Yeah. They're, they're wanting to – they're looking for, you know, blue-chip investments, which are going to have a, a long-term tenant. They're going to have an, buy in an area with low vacancy rates if they can mm-hmm. get a re- better return than what they're getting in the bank. Gibbo, your prediction at number seven. I think you touched on this – in one of our our first or second podcasts, and I think you're on the money here, your prediction at number seven. Look, I think that suburban office space could be boosted. Um, there'll be more demand for it. I think people are going to start rolling back into the CBDs. Mm-hmm. But my prediction is is that people's footprints um, will reduce in the city, businesses, Instead of having hypothetically 400 square metres, I might go down to 300 square metres uh-huh. or 200 square metres uh-huh. and have little satellite offices, maybe in Sutherland Shire, Parramatta, Castle Hill, yeah. Wollongong, Newcastle. Um, I think that that is... That could become the well, trend. Well, I know, I know some businesses... Or it already but, is part of the Well, I think, I think it is a trend people are looking at seriously. Some have made the move. Some are still debating that's going to be... A, a good move or not, because there's 
some businesses like to have their employees under the one roof because that builds culture, etc. Um, so I think that there's, I think it, it, and I'm seeing it in these. Um, it's, People like to interact. Correct. Correct. And didn't I hear you talk to me this morning at all? And, and I went, wow, you really do do your homework, didn't you? And also for young people in the workplace. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think that um, I think that it's for young people. It's the social aspect. Mm-hmm. It's they're looking at career progression. Yeah, hard to get from home, and um, it's culture. At number eight, and we talked about regional areas at the outset of the show. At number eight, what's your what's your thoughts? Oh, look, commercial in regional areas is 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 flying at the moment. Mm-hmm. The people are moving to those areas mm-hmm. um, to live, so that's driving more demand for a commercial space. Yeah, people are looking at commercial in those areas because they think it's now um, a more a low risk uh, investment. Mm-hmm. Because of these areas, the demand is quite strong for both residential and commercial, mm-hmm. and yields typically somewhat better. So you might get a five percent yield here in Sydney CBD versus you might get an eight or nine percent return in a regional area. Okay. Okay. Noted. But why? Why people? Why people were reluctant to invest in those areas in the past? Uh, it's great when you've got a gilt-edged tenant, a long-term tenant in in occupying. However, if that tenant left, uh, the occupancy, there was a bit of a question mark how how quick he can fill the space. Mm-hmm. So if someone went out and all of a sudden you know, you've got the property vacant for six or seven months, uh, it's a bit of a concern. But now with the demand in these areas um, from people moving from the, the big smoke out to these regional areas, the demand is increasing somewhat. So this means growth in rents and value in many regional parts of Australia. On the cards for 2021, according to John Gibson, quick break. This is Locate, Negotiate, Talking Real Estate with John Gibson. Back after this. Welcome back. This is Talking Real Estate with John Gibson. I'm Mark Warren, your co-host, and we're brought to you by locatenegotiate.com.au or give the team a call right now. 1300 008 006. Great number. 1300 008 006. Locate, negotiate, buyer's agent, seller's advocacy, consultancy and research service, tenant and business representation, or as John says on his website, real estate transactions. It can take five minutes to get involved, a lifetime to get out of. Hey, Gibbo, we've got a special guest coming our way very shortly. But before that, let's just recap. Let's recap those areas, those predictions and surmise uh, your thoughts? Oh, look, I, I believe there are multiple drivers in play here, yeah. which will, you know, which will propel the market in a positive direction this year. Mm-hmm. Um, look, as I've kind of touched on, there's going to be, it's all subject. You know, if we get a couple of curveballs, you know, which will be um, this pandemic blows out of control, or they they can't con- 
you know, the borders don't open up and we're all put into lockdown and restrictions. So I think that that's gonna, that could have a negative effect. Um, that vaccine rollout, if that doesn't go to plan, um, and the economy goes south and unemployment goes up. Um, they're the sort of, I guess, the worrying things. But um, at the moment, we're on top of it and uh, I'm rolling with it because I think, you know, we've had a big uh, 2021 we want to put behind us and we want to come out uh, firing this year. And I think that there's some um, positive news ahead. Question without warning, relating it strictly to business. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, knowing who this virus impacts the most, do you think that, combined with a vaccine, combined with knowledge base, can potentially open up a way of life, even if it's not exactly the same as it was pre-March of 2019? Um, I can't answer the question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think people adjust. Uh, we've adjusted quite well. Yeah. And uh, I think what happens in the future and how we deal with it remains to be seen. Yeah. But I always think it's like you see an ant's nest and next thing it's someone's driven in and knocked it over. And you come back a month later and it's wow. built. It's wow. there, thriving again and it's been rebuilt. <laughs> So, many hands make light work. Well, I just many think, I think people just rebuild and get on with it. Yeah. And you go through history and uh, the human race, that's what they do. I like it. I like it. We're a resilient bunch too here in Australia. The old school Australians are at least. We get on with it. And let's get on with the show. Talking real estate with John Gibson. It's brought to you by locatenegotiate.com.au or call 1300 008 006 1300 008 006 locate So Gibbo, it's time for locate negotiate.com.au talking real estate with John Gibson. Locate negotiate.com.au. I got creative. I've come up with who am I? Love it. Here we go. He was born back in 62, a Victorian. Three Summer Olympic Games, 84, 88, 92. He became the CEO of Val Morgan in 2011. He was also a former chairman of the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. A career that spanned 16 years as a basketballer, three Olympic Games, as I mentioned, as I mentioned, 207 games for Australia between 81 and 94, three world championships. Following his retirement, he became involved with the Sydney Olympic Games bid as a marketing consultant for, for SOCOG, recruited by the Seven Network as head of the Olympic marketing team in 97, a role that would see him oversee sports marketing into the 98 Nagano Olympic Games and the 2000 Sydney Olympic Games. He was promoted to the head or the general manager of sports marketing for the Seven Network. He joined the multi-channel network in 2003. He became the CEO of Val Morgan. And then in 2014, the CEO of the Hoyts Group, 
which along with owning Val Morgan, operates 43 cinemas across Australia and New Zealand. And with that, who am I? For locatenegotiate.com.au, it's a very good morning to Damien Keogh. Pleasure to join you guys. Nice to chat. Thanks, Damien. Thanks for coming on, mate. Um, plenty to go through. Um, look, I think probably when I was looking back on your career, you grew up in Melbourne, and so you're well established in Sydney. So what drove you to Sydney? Oh, I'd like to say my basketball career, but the reality of it is, John, it was a it was a lady from the Sutherland Shire. So my uh, oh, my yeah, wife, uh, long standing Marie, um, dragged me up the Hume Highway um, after we met through basketball. We both competed together in the eighty eight Olympic Games, which was a, a great highlight. And um, I must admit, um, love the Sutherland Shire and have, have lived around uh, there for the past. Oh God. 30-plus years now, so it's been a while. So when when you established yourself up here, was the, was the game plan to sort of rent a property or let's get into the market, let's buy a property? Where did you first buy? Yeah, good question, mate. I was, I was very fortunate. I was um, my second year with the basketball club up there. The NBL was getting bigger. This was in 86, and they signed me to a – couple of year deal which included a bit of a payment up front which I used to um, put on a deposit of a, uh, and purchase a two-bedroom unit in, in Cronulla quite early. So I think I was about just turned 24 and got into the property market and I, I think it's something I kind of encourage my kids and I think a lot of people do that uh, particularly within Sydney it's, it's always good to try and get into the property market as, as quick as you can. So you bought in the Shire? That was where you first bought, or? Yeah, nice little unit just down in um, Burke Road. Oh, um, did you live in that, or did you did you have it rented out? No, we lived in that for a couple of years. Um, the the market kind of went off in the late eighties. Sold that for almost double the price. A couple of years later, and then bought a uh, fibro in 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 Woolaware near the golf course. Knocked that down and and, and built a nice home and um, continued on from there, mate. So you never left the Shire. No, I haven't. In fact, um, I, so it's, uh, I've, been, I've been working in a, a couple of a couple of square kilometres, I reckon. Yeah. Damien, Mark Warren here. Um, again, talking real estate with John Gibson, brought to you by locatenegotiate.com.au. You can give him a call, 1300 008 006, or go to locatenegotiate.com.au. Where I'd really like to take you for myself that club, three Olympic Games, your progression in the business world, is there a, I'll use the word again, is there a synergy there? Uh, it seems like an amazing network, the people that you met off the court that maybe, you know, uh, a very strong network that helped you progress uh, with, your, with your business and post-retirement. Oh, look, I think I was, I was lucky, Mark. I, I went to Melbourne Uni after school. I was, I was playing a bit of basketball, um, went to the World Championships and the Olympics, but basketball was very much amateur in that kind of mid-80s and got more pro- professional in the late 80s and the formation of the Sydney Kings um, definitely allowed me to, to, to network with sponsors, get involved with media and develop 
a range of commercial skills while being primarily a professional basketball player. Um, and I think ironically, as I've kind of gone through the business part of my life after, <clears throat> excuse me, retiring from, from basketball, a lot of the elements of sport um, are probably more relevant in business these days than ever before. Um, you know, that that ability to, to self-learn and continually improve, you have to do that as a sportsman, the, the, the ability to be part of a team and make sacrifices and, and, and work for the betterment of the group. Um, the Particularly in the last 12 months with COVID, the ability to deal with adversity and, and show resilience and overcome those, I think it's probably become more relevant in the last five years or so than, than, than previously. So even though I gave a lot of people a, probably a head start in the corporate stakes, that continuous learning of skills and applying them have, have certainly helped me in business over the years. Yeah, that, that, that key word comes up often now, especially in your field and my field, which is the media game, relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, that they, they, they come down to your own personal values and the way you treat people and the way you expect to be treated. But I've also been fortunate to have roles where it has allowed me to meet a lot of people in a lot of different fields. And you also learn a lot out of that. And, and, and it's also a source of constant inspiration. And, and, you know, one of the things that we certainly drill into our execs and our staff across the Hoyts and Val Morgan group is, is that we don't want to pursue growth individually and as a business. And there's definitely a mindset that, that, that goes with that, that I think a lot of sports people um, probably underestimate the value of what's ingrained in them. Um, in that process. Hey, Damien, I, I want to touch on last year, how what a challenging year that was. Um, before I do, just rolling back to where we first started. So looking back um, on your property uh, acquisitions um, from the first one to the ones you wear at now, how important is buying property for wealth creation in your, your opinion? Oh, look, I... I think you only have to look through. It's probably changed a little bit in recent years with the the, the rich list, but I used to look through it, the the AFR rich list, and pretty much seventy percent of the people there had made most of their money out of property. So you don't have to be Einstein mm. to work out in Australia. Mm. The property is a pretty solid mm. investment for wealth creation. I think there's there's always a short term and a longer term view. I mean. Um, the interesting part in this, and and certainly the the business that you're in, John, is that this is a major investment, probably the major investment for most people, and they tend to do it without seeking a lot of help or a lot of knowledge or expertise. Uh, they see a house; it's a passionate, um, a mode of investment, um, not always a business investment. So, I think getting advice and learning about whatever you go into, particularly in, in investment stuff, is important. I mean, cycles change. There's no doubt on that. I I look back on property investment and, you know, I came through at a pretty good time and, and did a few things and I've done okay out of it. I've, I've got um, four properties at the moment, um, one a um, commercial investment property, a couple of residential investment properties. But the majority of my, my um, kind of wealth is, is being invested by experts who, 
um, also part of that portfolio has a lot of exposure to various commercial and 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 retail and residential property interests. So I, I think probably the biggest lesson I've learned is while there can be some luck and timing and and different things involved, the sooner that you engage experts for the advice in that and and, and work with experts, you're going to make better decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 20, 2020 was has been like a year like no other. A cinema business is run and it's all about bums on seats at the end of the day. Um, how challenging has it been for you last year? Oh, massively. I mean, we've been very fortunate, um, particularly over the last five or six years at Hoyts. We've invested over $300 million building and renovating our cinema chain and, and growing a lot of market share and also growing the, the, the profit of the business. So we've been sailing along fairly comfortably and, 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 and doing well as a business. And then, you know, this, this COVID, we, we're actually owned by Chinese at the moment. And I was, I was supposed to be in Wuhan in January uh, last year and for the annual conference and they moved it the week before to Guangzhou. So I was in Guangzhou in China and they moved it because of the Wuhan flu, as they called it. So, and then by late March, every one of our cinemas in Australia was shut. So we lost about 70% of our group revenue last year. Uh, We burned a bit of cash. What's the split? Do you lease most of your premises or do you, is there a split? No, we um, the majority of our cinemas are in big shopping centres. So yes. every one of our we've got fifty one across Australia and New Zealand now. Um, they're all leased. Uh, we pay somewhere between seven and eight million dollars a month in 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 rent. Um, so obviously, when COVID hit and we had to shut our cinemas and the impact on the business, uh, we've had to work very closely with our landlords on various rent abatement and rent deferment to, 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 to help reduce costs in our business. Because a lot of that legislation which was rolled out by the government, there was a lot of grey in, in, in the detail. Um, of, that would have been a, one hell of a challenging time for, for your business. Yeah, look, it was a, it was a major focus. Um, in, in, ter- in terms of a, running a business where all of a sudden you know, your, your lifeblood, which is your, your cash flow and your, your revenue dries up, we're still stuck with a range of costs. The, the major costs were leaseholds and employment costs. Um, so on the, on, on the leases, the, the government introduced legislation which really only covered directly companies with less than $50 million a year turnover. So that didn't strictly apply to us. Um, we range, we have, you know, a range of cinemas with the big boys, the Centre Group, um, which is obviously Westfield, Vicinity, Lendlease, AMP. So the big operators. And then we also have some sites in various areas with smaller, you know, they could be a consortium of investors or a, a, a solo investor in a commercial site or whatnot. So, look, those discussions have been quite challenging. Um, I think generally... We've come to a situation from April to December last year, which I, I best described as share, shared pain because we're very important to shopping centres. We we attract a lot of people after hours to shopping centre. There's pressure on retail, so entertainment and leisure um, is very important to them. So 
they've recognised that uh, you're more or less like an anchor tenant, really. In a lot of yeah, ways. very much so. And our our problem with our recovery as a business has been we've controlled COVID pretty well here. We've had various restrictions in different states and lockdowns and different things. But what really has hurt our business and continues to hurt our business is that the, the COVID levels are so high in the US and Europe in particular that Hollywood has held back the majority mm. of new release movies. So we've been we've been starved for content. So that's really hurt our business. And we're probably not looking at a full recovery to potentially it could be third or fourth quarter of, of this year. So, you know, we're still very much in, I, I, you know, what I would best call as survival mode at the moment. This is Talking Real Estate with John Gibson. Also, Mark Warren with you. We're talking to Damien Keogh, superstar sportsman and very much one of Australia's leading corporates. I was taught by a bloke in regards to interviews, if something hits you in the face, to stay with it and let John talk the micro. Your business takes a 70% hit. Uh, China-Australia relationships have been in the news. Uh, I'd love you to touch on that, but also being in China at that time, broadly speaking, did you get a sense that something big was about to happen, that the reset button was about to affect the world. Damien, did you get an inclination? I was definitely present in, in Guangzhou. Um, there was there was a lot of precautions taken, but it was a, a long way away to what ended up, I think, unfolding very, very rapidly. And, I, I, I you know, we basically shut our international borders uh, mid-late March, um, and, um, you know, cinemas shut down. We had a, a number of cases in Australia. So, look, it, it happened very quickly and and it is interesting. One of the things none of us had was a game plan for this. And, and once again, I think with my sporting background, Absolutely. one of the things that you are taught in sport is to play what's in front of you. And, you know, wow. I think it's a big part in, in life that you only – you can only worry about the stuff that you can control and things out of you can control you can't. But it was a very testing time as a as a CEO of a business and with our senior management. And, you know, I, I think I've been tremendously lucky with my senior managers and the way that we did handle it. Um, I'm confident that we are going to come out the other side, I think, as the vaccine um, yeah. rolls out and um, people – are craving to be entertained. We've already mm. seen, you know, in, with with a lack of quality movie content and with COVID restrictions, you know, we were back up to over 50% of our box office in the week, um, Boxing Day, New Year. So people will want to get out and be entertained. They'll want to get back to the sporting events. They'll want to get back to music events. They'll want to get back to the cinema when they when they feel safe and when the content's compelling. And Damien, like the cinema cinema experience, um, what you're putting on, what sort of show you're putting on right now? I see what you've done down Cronulla, uh, refurbing um, the cinema down there is quite remarkable. Uh, so the whole cinema experience has just gone to a whole new level. Yeah, and, and look, when you marks touched on before about the Chinese-Australian relationships and obviously there is that's had heightened publicity over the last 12 months and some trade issues and geopolitical issues. Uh, 
with our ownership group, Wanda, we've been tremendously lucky since they owned us. They've supported management strongly in our strategic direction. They've allowed us to reinvest the free cash flow in the business back into the business with a lot of capital going back into it. So the Hoyt circuit of today compared to what it was five, six years ago, uh, the majority of our cinemas now in Australia have powered recliner leather seats in every seat, plenty more space. Um, we've got bar cafes extra food and beverage offerings it's good um, i love it so I, 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 i'm gonna look we're gonna lighten a little bit i i could just listen to this man talk business all this is brilliant to me but i gotta tell you damien one of my favorite joys in life is gold class with a spare seat either side <laughs> it is yeah. just an amazing experience i mean it's a luxury but wow Wow. And it's social distancing, obviously. Well, I think we're seeing that, though, you know, and unfortunately I'm looking out across from level 50 in World Square at the moment and the new um, Sydney football stadium's being constructed. There's cranes all around it. And we've seen at Bankwest Stadium with what's happened out there is that people want quality. And if you if you give them quality in your venues, whether it be a restaurant, a bar, a a sporting place or a cinema, um, if they feel the quality, they appreciate the quality, then they're, they're going to come more regularly. They're going to promote it to um, people they know and on social media. So there, there's definitely a flight for quality in terms of entertainment. And now I don't think Australians will be travelling overseas for at least another 12 months or more. So if we can keep COVID levels down or non-existent and 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 the movie content comes through. I think I think our business will bounce back very strongly. I feel very confident on that. Hey, Damien, just tell me this: like in regards to your head office in the city, um, CBD's been challenged big time. Ghost town. Well, I mean, from the working from home perspective, um, moving forward, would you look to reduce your footprint in the city with people yeah, working a, from home? It's it's a really hot issue, um, John. It's we've we've got uh, about two hundred and twenty here at head office, and uh, we obviously, when the lockdown came in March, pretty much all two twenty went to working from home straight away. So I think this is fast tracked that people can work from home. We've introduced a flexible policy a more flexible policy um, on, on people coming to work. There's still some nervousness for some people about health and safety and public transport. So, look, there, there has been some discussion about that. I think it's probably too early to determine that. It, it has been interesting for me. You're right, the CBD, I've been coming in a, you know, a lot through last year. The CBD was a ghost town, but gradually particularly when we went through that period in Sydney where we had no cases before the Northern Beaches outbreak, it, it was bouncing back and it was probably in December getting back to, I think, probably 60 70% um, of where it was. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the future. There's been a lot of people working from home, but I think commercial real estate will still be in high demand. I, I think so too, because as as I was reading the other day, and they're talking about that's going to people are going to reduce their footprints, and businesses will have satellite offices, and I think that will happen to a certain degree. But I also think the other thing to consider is that 
um, is within a business is having a team environment for culture and for also um, career progression for young people. To be Absolutely. there in the one office, being at home, that might be a little bit more difficult for them. No, absolutely agree with that. And there are certain roles um, which are a little bit set and forget, but you're absolutely right. If someone wants to de- develop their skill set. And I think the other thing that I, I definitely found, and maybe I'm a bit different than a few others, but, you know, when I'm when I'm in the office, I'm in work mode. And when I'm at home, I, I do try and have a separation and I'm in home mode. Mm. And, and, and when that gets blurred, um, it... it it is interesting the impact it can have on people. So I think that's very fluid, but my feeling would be the CBD in a post-COVID safe environment, I think it'll at least bounce back to 80%, but you know, um, whether it gets mm. back to 100% is probably the question. Thanks for that, Damien. Um, look, changing course here a little bit, can we just want to touch on a couple of your career highlights? No, I, I being, want... I being, want... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I, I wanted Didn't to change. Didn't you see me? I'm talking here, mate. Oh, well, mate, you know, you're the boss. You're the, I, I'm just reading, I'm reading your in, notes here. You've got a black here. belt and interrupting. I, I, um, oh, thank you. I, I'm just looking here, changing course, and it's got MW, so I was about to about to jump in at first receiver. Well, I, I just want to That's know, okay. Damien, you're part of the 2000 Olympic bid. How was it like to be a part of that? Were you actually there when it, when it was announced, or where were you? <laughs> I... Um, I was playing at the time and um, basically my role, which was a, a great development role for myself individually, is that uh, when, you know, Rod McGeoch, who was running the bid and Bruce Baird, who was the minister and senior people, they were asked to give kind of talks to various community groups and corporates and, and what have you. And when they were away trying to win votes, it was my job to do basically the standard, you know, Olympic inspiration talk and why the Olympics would be great for Sydney. So I actually did 100 talks in um, in a year there. I think it was myself and Ricky Walford were the two kind of ambassadors to do that. And then Champion. The, annou- the announcement was over in Monaco and I was actually back here in Sydney. I had a number of events I had to do. I was still, we were in season at the time. But my role, I was down at Circular Quay at, oh gee, it would have been two or three in the morning with 100,000 plus people. And it was Kerry-Ann Kennelly and I were co-hosting the announcement live from Monaco. Wow. And the, and the organisers were dead set that Beijing was going to win. And they were worried about how the world's cameras were going to film these inebriated uh, <laughs> mid-morning Sydney-siders reacting um, negatively so the idea was we had to try and sing waltzing matilda if we lost and um thank god Juan antonio samaranch came out with uh the winner is sydney and um yeah it was a it was a fantastic time and i actually um i actually played on the saturday night with the kings and i was recovering from a calf tear and i tore my calf again in the second quarter but the following day was the nrl grand final and i had to walk out with the Olympic flag at half time into the middle of the stadium with Melinda Gainsford. Wow. Trying not to limp on a torn calf. But uh, it was a very memorable occasion. That was back in 1993, so it was some time ago. But I reckon the uh, adrenaline would have kicked in like a 
like you were leading at three-quarter time in basketball. That was uh, yeah. it was quite a moment. I am moving, and part of that move is about getting a more dedicated office. But I, so I listen to you very intently in regards to home is home and work is work. And during that move, I went through some albums, and one of the photos that stares me in the face is a photo of Damien Keogh and Rick the Rock Tim Perry walking Parramatta Park. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure that was before the 2000 Olympic Games and coincided with that that area. But uh, amazing, amazing memories. Uh, do, you, do you remember that event in Parramatta Park? Yeah, we look, we did a bunch of things through that period. Um, you know, obviously there was the torch relay was, was, uh-huh. was big with SOCOG and then there was – pre-runners to that of, of various community events and um yeah. yeah look it was just a it was a long time ago but it was a i think we all agree the 2000 olympics in sydney for those who are around and remember oh. it it was a, a special time in our community and um you know it's great memories it must have been a highlight i i recall doing the telstra olympic games television and radio ads for john singleton at the time and, and that was just an enormous buzz you you got to play against the dream team. Come on. Is this one of the all-time great moments for a human being, let alone a basketballer? Tell me, a daunting prospect or just an amazing memory? Oh, no, it was a great memory. We, uh, I mean, probably a career. Um, one of the things I missed out on is in 92 at the Olympics, which was the first dream team with Jordan and, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and, and all those guys, we, we didn't play them, unfortunately, in Barcelona, but we did play the dream team two years later with Shaquille O'Neal and Reggie Miller and a, a bunch of great players yeah. in the World Championships yeah. in Toronto. And uh, we were very nervous before we went out and played them, and we, we actually played very well. We led for most of the first half, and we were only down by well, mate, barely eight or ten points at half time, and we were – in the rooms at half time, going, oh, these guys aren't that good, and went out in the second half, and I think they beat us by about forty points. So uh, it was a world of difference. But I, I mean, basketball's come a long way, and there's, you know, there's lots of Aussies now playing in the NBA. The local NBL's back. Certainly a resurgence uh, a isn't there in the in the in the game here in Australia. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's um, it's it's. It's been led, I think, by a lot of the success that we've had with um, the likes of Paddy Mills and Joe Ingalls and uh, Andrew Bogut coming back and playing was good. So, um, you know, it's 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 a great game and it's great to see the Aussies doing well and they're earning some big money over in the US now, those guys. Damien, you were the chairman of the Sharks for the grand final and I mentioned it in the intro. A very special moment for Australian sport and... My father got to finally say they can turn out the lights. <laughs> what are your memories? I mean, that's got to be, you know, it's been an amazing journey for you and you're there for a sports franchise. And and I was fortunate enough to see part of that rise. You turned it into an army. And, and with a lot of adversity in the years leading up to that grand final victory and finally delivering a premiership. For the first time, an amazing moment, Damien. Yeah, look, it was. And look, I think um, you know when I reflect on on some of the things that I've done 
that is certainly up there as one of the the real great highlights. Probably because a lot of the things I've done have what well, might have meant a lot to me individually and, and probably to closer family and friends. I think that that was something which really impacted all Cronulla supporters of all ages and and, and the area in particular and some of the reactions post that win. I mean, we were getting notes and letters and emails of, you know, people saying, oh, I can finally die happy that they've won a, wow. won a premiership and it, it meant a lot. And it, there was a lot of adversity leading up to it. We, we came in as a new board on the on the back of the, um, the, the Asada Correct. inquiry, which rocked the club. There was a lot of financial challenges with the club at the time and it, you know, it's a great lesson again in, you know, what what people can achieve, um, you know, when they they band together and they have the right direction and 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 the right motivations in the right way. And I think, you know, there was Cronulla had some great teams over the year and and fell short a number of times, but that lack of winning a premiership was a real weight around the club's neck. So well, people know, simply so, didn't think it was ever going to happen. Really? You know, really? Because well, I'm an outside. Are you one of those people? You said it's never going to happen. Well, I don't like to be a pessimist, but I was. <laughs> oh, I got to be a realist too. But you know, a lot of people, you know, I think were excited that they were in. Just made the GF. I, I just saw you people build it into a fortress. I've, I, I, at one stage, I saw you people build it into a ground that you did not want to go. If they're on, it's over. I, I just saw this amazing community feel. I felt it. Oh, it was amazing. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think when I reflect on it and, you know, I, I catch up regularly with the board members and, and obviously the coaching staff and a, a number of the players and it, it is a bond that we're going to have for the rest of life, which is also really special. Um, and, um, you know, when I reflect on it and, and people look at the ingredients of that, it, you know, the club was going through a redemption period uh, Flano had had a year out. He was going through a redemption period. Um, you know, Gal and um, Wade had been through the Asada stuff, which was t- testing for them, very challenging. And then, you you know, you had Maloney coming in, you had Ennis coming in, you had Barber coming in, all who had pretty much been dumped by their clubs. So I, I look back on it and it was, to me, it was the the – the reason that everyone was working together and striving for that is that there was a lot of strong redemption motivation um, at the time. It takes me back. I'm not asking the answer here from Damien, but to John. We talked about at the beginning of this interview about relationships and teamwork and playing what's in front of you. And your father also said it all starts at the front office. And with that, maybe a, a big part of the success that was the Sharks' first victory lands in the lap of this man because he knows what it's like to be an athlete. Well, I think the the athletes, uh, the coach the um, and the players were let to do what, you know, let to just were let to play they were, the game. They? You know, they didn't, they didn't have to get bothered with everything else. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important that they were just could go out there and play. Mm. And it sounds like a very simple Thing to say, and a very happy New Year to our very yeah. good friend Dino Mezzatesta. By the way, he'll be feeling left out. He's <laughs> listening to the show, Dino. Where does he stand on you? By the way, okay, um, yeah, it's a it's a happy New Year, Dino, wherever you may be. But on a serious note, this man, 
You've got a lot to be proud of, Damien, as we wind things up. Final thoughts with John Gibson? Mate, you've got one hell of a scrapbook, but uh, no doubt I'll be seeing you around the town. Any, I just want to ask one final question, mate. You're bringing out an album this year? What's the name of the band? Come on, what's the name of the band? Oh. Shake and Bake. Yeah, it's, well, Stewie Rapers in the band and a bunch of the local boys. We haven't got to play much in the COVID situation, but probably my favourite commercial property investment is our our little studio we've got in Tarran Point, which um, we, we, we we jam together, and uh, it's, it's a great little hobby that keeps me busy. Um, bit, bit creative and a, a bit of fun with the boys, so... I, I can't see us bringing out an album, though, Johnny. I don't know that we're quite that Well, that's quality. disappointing. Watch this space. You just <laughs> mentioned a you mentioned a couple of brilliant humans, by the way, Ricky Wolford, and then you meant Stuart Raper. And yeah. wow, hey, Damien, I hope now that we've done this that you might, you know, you feel pretty special about yourself, Damien, as a businessman and a former athlete, because. Uh, You've got so much to be proud of. And I did get it that, yeah, you can have all the network in the world post-retirement, but you've got to have done the hard work prior as you did through university. But, wow, the journey's been good. Cheers, mate. It's great to catch up. Thanks, Damien, mate. Look forward to having a cup of coffee soon, mate. This is Talking Real Estate with John Gibson, brought to you by locatenegotiate.com.au. Wow, how good was Damien Keogh, sportsman come, wow, he is one of the, that that was incredible. Yeah, what a journey he's been on, like it's, I've got to know Damien a bit and uh, we live in the same area and uh, um, catch up every now and then, but you would never know his achievements unless you had to ask him, ask him the question. He's not a bragger. He's a very modest person, and um, he is uh, one hell of a guy. Just an incredible story. I think, you know, obviously, corporate world, that marketing space, a shining light very much. But then when we talked about his involvement with the Sharks, and we can say it, his part in delivering the premiership to the Sharks, the adversity that confronted the Sharks. Well, I think he knew. Like I think being he knew having, what it was like to well, be in the sheds. I, I, th- I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, he had that experience as an athlete. Yeah. And he knew what was needed. Yeah. Uh, and but he also had got the business smarts. Okay. So you combine the two together. He was. Yeah. He, the organisation, um, just ran extremely well at that time. Well, I'm just going to steal a Jack Gibson, if I may, respectfully. It all starts in the front office. Well, I think that um, he was able to, as I mentioned, let the team get on with what they're good at. Simple as that. Simple as that. And he keeps it pretty simple. His name is John Gibson. He's the managing director, Locate Negotiate. And they bring you Talking Real Estate with John Gibson. Gibbo, we've had Rabs. Sean Garlic, Damian Keogh, who will it be next? Well, it's going to be... Don't give it away because it's now called Who Am I? You got it? You got it? You with me? I'm with you. I'm with you. Thanks for bearing with me. Until next time, when we do it all again, with thanks to locatenegotiate.com.au, Mark Warren, John Gibson, it's bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you, Mark.